Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. Cambodia, a country nestled at the base of Thailand, Laos and Vietnam, is a land of great rivers and lush plains. Historically, it was a cultural linchpin for Southeast Asia, a place where Hinduism and Buddhism from India spread. And it's still associated with ambitious and intricate stone temples, many UNESCO protected. It's quite a feat that they're still standing, for the country has known intense periods of turmoil and devastation. It switched from being a French colony to a Japanese-occupied land through independence to the reign of Khmer Rouge that gave way to a Vietnam-backed socialism until political autonomy came in the 1990s. Cambodia's arts adapted to the aesthetic ideologies of each period. Where the French cultivated craft and traditional techniques, the Japanese pushed painting from observation. It is only in the last century that the visual arts began acquiring a strength of their own. Thanks to a number of artist-led initiatives, there's been an efflorescence of art practices, audiences have developed, and gradually private galleries are multiplying. Vuth Nino is instrumental in Cambodia's contemporary art world. He's both an artist, curator and educator, who co-founded one of the capital's most significant project spaces, Sasa Projects in 2010. It was originally set in the White Building, a visionary riverside apartment complex created in the 1960s to offer modern accommodation to the country's burgeoning population. Sasa had to move when it was demolished and are now custodians of the White Building archive, as well as continuing to be instigators of extravagant performances, innovative art history workshops and an artist residency programme. As they get ready to be a part of Documenta 15, Vuth speaks about the work the group do and reflects on how the Khmer Rouge left a deficit in the country's art historical knowledge. You've co-founded Sasa Projects with an artist collective that you've been a part of. And I wanted to know what was the impetus for that? Yeah, Um, so uh, at that time, uh, not long after we formed that collective, um, well, the very first um, purpose was to maintain our practice, you know, by being together so that we can continue our practice and maintain that friendship um, and how we learn together. And uh, and after that, for social art projects, it was um, this idea about how can we connect art with um, uh, the real community, with the real society. And in this case, it was particularly uh, uh, about this inspiration that we had from the Y building, um, which was part of this larger uh, public and cultural district built in the the 1960s, uh, which was part of uh, a new vision for the society in this new uh, reclaimed land. 
um, uh, which comprise of different facilities. So we were inspired by that as a way to think about how to connect art and people and that historical significance about that idea for a society that is built on this strong relationship between people and art. So hence that we chose the white building as a home where we wanted to start social art projects. We want to engage with, uh, with um, that idea, but also to engage with the, uh, the contemporary context about that community uh, because uh, uh, that uh, neighborhood is such a vibrant, was such a vibrant uh, uh, sub-city. It's sort of like a micro-city in itself, um, generation of artists uh, who live there, as well as um, everyday people, civil servants, or even migrants from the countryside. So to think about how to engage art with such a complex, but also, uh, 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 you know, uh, including people who are not usually the art gallery goer and, and do something uh, beyond exhibition. So that was uh, our idea. And for people who haven't been to Cambodia, can you explain a bit about the sort of physicality of the city that you're in and how that might affect what you're able to do as an artist, as a curator, as the founder of this project space? Right. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, Phnom Penh is, is quite a very small city, uh, 2 million people or a little bit more. Um, you, you have a sense of scale, you know, in terms of your human scale and to the size of the city you get around from one neighborhood or other, you feel like you can you know, sense, you know, the, the, the geography. That's what I love about Phnom Penh, um, that you can feel you are part of it, you know. Um, and uh, another thing is um, there, uh, there isn't much of uh, so-called public, public spaces uh, like parks and so on. It's very limited. Um, and the uh, development, uh, I, I mean, the uh, property development is going at a crazy rate, crazy pace, um, and that, you know, uh, for, uh, uh, comes in a price of losing the architectural heritage uh, um, history of the city itself. Um, but uh, uh, to me, at the same time, there's still like, you know, very rich uh, communal spaces tucked in behind this alley lane, or like this former courtyard of a former apartment block or something. And the lesson that uh, uh, me and my colleagues, we learned from working at the Y building, um, we translate that into the way that we work with the city at large. So for example, uh, me together with my colleague, Ben Panya, who is an architect and urbanist. So together we co-curated um, a festival two years ago called uh, Occurrence. Uh, art and urban festival uh, in which we had 18 events uh, spread throughout you know the city from inside the pagoda into a shop house near the market to awaken house transforming into an exhibition space to an immersive uh, visual audio you know projection on this alley lane or to this, you know, uh, great uh, classical but contemporary dance performance uh, 
on the river across the bridge uh, uh, on the other side of the city. So, so these are like, okay, we work with this uh, existing strength, this informal aspect of space could turn to be something productive. And one of the projects that I was very interested in was your, you set up sort of art history lessons. I wanted to know a bit more about whose art history that was and how you constructed the syllabus. Yes. So uh, perhaps this was inspired, um, not perhaps, but I think largely uh, for me, I, I was inspired uh, by Reyum uh, and by Ingrid uh, Muen's uh, dissertation uh, on the history of the Cambodian art. Um, and that sort of like prompts me to became fascinated with art history. Um, I went to pursue my master's degree in the US uh, in art history, but of course, you know, it's a, a Euro-American sort of curriculum. Uh, but what I thought was really, really significant for me is it offers a possibility for me to think and, and therefore, um, you know, I was very conscious about uh, Cambodian art history and my research was particularly uh, centered on the Cambodian art history. So um, and through social art projects, uh, you know, in through art history uh, lessons and so on, um, we draw on history of Cambodian art and visual culture uh, largely. Um, but also has an element of like a regional history and some part of also so-called uh, Euro-American art history as well. Um, I think the, 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 the main point that we want to push is to, 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 you know, for the participants to be conscious about one's own roots and history, but at the same time to be aware about, you know, uh, uh, the knowledge and history elsewhere as well. So that way they can position, you know, um, themselves. Are there gaps in the history? Because under Pol Pot, a lot of artists were killed. So how do you piece together those missing parts? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a continuous endeavor and it's still patchy, you know, um, history of Cambodian art. And the thing was that it's not uh, only because of the, the artists and our living knowledge were died um, during the Khmer Rouge, but also even before that, you know, in the 70s um, and the late 60s, you know, there's a lot of political upheaval and so on, which has an impact on the destroyed to uh, uh, the cultural resources. Um, and so, for example, um, you know, um, a lot of paintings and, and hundreds of paintings were destroyed inside the former U.S. library uh, because of the students' protests. And that was already before the Khmer Rouge. So they lost a lot of this cultural um, heritage. Um, and yes, uh, exactly like you said, actually, um, there's a little um, and it's parodic uh, materials um, in Cambodia and beyond uh, Cambodia. And that sort of, um, it's really hard to piece all these like uh, uh, pieces uh, together. And for example, uh, me, myself, my grandfather, uh, Pantra, he was one of the 
uh, uh, artists among this movement of uh, modern painting, you know, uh, uh, during the independence as well, um, and was part of this uh, so-called the left, uh, uh, the left-wing uh, 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 artist collective, and so on. Um, but there's little left uh, of his work uh, from that time uh, for for me to to know, and so. Um, it's bits and pieces, and I think uh, it's 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 also a lot of our history is is uh, through uh, ethnographic as well because we lost those evidence and archives. There's uh, still you know we need to triangulate with you know your interview with uh, you know the seniors and those who survived, and even now uh, we we even lost all those uh, living uh, heritage uh, and um, yeah I think uh, a lot more research uh, to be done. And what's the engagement like with the visual arts in Cambodia with your immediate neighbours across the region? Is there much interaction between artists in, say, Laos, Vietnam? Um, so far, um, I, I think the relationship and the connection with the very immediate neighbours, uh, mainly Vietnam um, and Thailand, uh, are more, um, what do you call it, um, more present, uh, that I feel that there's something that's very present. Um, and I think maybe, of course, it makes sense because it's uh, very close. It, it, it doesn't cost so much to bring people together and people can commute by their own means. You know, it doesn't have to be through an art project, but, you know, people can take bus. Um, and so, and I think that's relationship so far, I feel, uh, has been the strongest, uh, friendship and connection with uh, our artists, uh, friends and peers in uh, Thailand and Vietnam. And this is, we, we can see, you know, happen consistently that, you know, artists travel in between either by their own interests and means, uh, but also by through projects. Thank you, Ruth. You can learn more about Sasa projects and Vuth's art practice in the show notes. And if you liked what you heard, then please subscribe and leave a short review. Next time, we go to Siem Reap, home to the famed Angkor Wat Temple Complex, where amongst this tourist attraction, a cluster of galleries are taking shape. We meet Yves Lutovsky, who explains how a conversation in Paris with Liv and Luke led to them founding Bartia Serem. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Clea Roberts-Comoretti. See you on the next journey.